I was scrolling through your page and I noticed that you are extremely athletic and <laughs> <laughs> you're extremely athletic and you are basically goals to anybody who is trying to find um, consistency and just that type of um, of an inhibited ability to push yourself and to go. And I really admire that. That's what stuck out to me about your business. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about your business? Well, thank you. You noticed that I peeled into laughter when you said you're really athletic. <laughs> so I'll explain why I did that. I love that. Uh, my business is called My Body Couture and I'm based in a bricks and mortar space, but I also service digital clients, which is something that I absolutely love because I can work with people anywhere in the world. The goal and focus of my business is working largely with type A clients who want to feel better in their body. Okay. The moment that most people take action to come see me is when their body's in pain. So their shoulders hurt, their back hurt, their knee hurts, their, you name it, something on their body feels yucky right it can be something that is attributed to those aging aches and pains it could be something that somebody is attributing to literally sitting at a desk it could be something that people recognize that maybe they've been sedentary for years or they used to be athletic and things have just changed i often will get people also who feel like they're exerting a lot of effort and just not quite connecting the dots so i'll get stories of people who tell me that you know, they're doing these boot camp classes or they're at the gym five to seven days a week and just their body isn't responding in a way that makes sense. So I like working with people who are really ready to make a deeper change. It's really about how they feel in their body. And they've usually tried some other techniques that haven't been successful. And it's not that those techniques are bad, but that at this point, they recognize that it's going to take a systemic change. Okay. So would you say that you have um, a niche in both the, like a mental health aspect as well as the physical health aspect or just one or the other? I do, I niche service the physical health aspect, but it never, ever, ever, ever comes without a mental health aspect because the reasons that our bodies end up in pain usually link to other lifestyle choices, mental health aspects. We're carrying too much tension. Tons of people are walking around with really difficult scenarios in their personal lives where we need to talk through those. We need somebody who just is a listening voice. There's an element to my business because in my one-to-one commercial space business. It is literally the client and me in a space. So it is not therapy, but you're in a closed room with a trusted person. Right. We go very deep in terms of those conversations. So honestly call that therapy. I feel like anytime you encounter another person and they feel that vulnerable and open to you, it's really nice to meet somebody who's been doing this for so long. What is a fail to win for you? So first, I'm going to tell two stories. So first, um, the reason I laughed when you introduced me is because from the outset in my childhood, it would have been difficult to identify somebody that was less athletic. I literally was the person who was sitting in my high school phys ed teacher's office crying because my phys ed grades were bringing down my average in high school. And that was upsetting to me. 
Um, that has actually led me to a life where I have avidly pursued finding an avenue to have that healthy feeling in my body. And it wasn't through a traditional path. When I was in high school, that was, you know, basketball, volleyball. Mm -hmm. I always tell clients, if you're going to get health and fitness advice from somebody, mm -hmm. commonly we do go to Instagram and we look at that buff male or that thin female and right. we think, wow, what is their secret? And real realistically, their secret is genetics. So, so the person that we actually want to ask is somebody who's coming at it more from my angle, where I had to work at it. I had to figure it out in my own body. I didn't naturally get touched with the wand of amazing athletic skills. The photos that you saw where I can hop on a paddleboard. Um, there were some photos recently of me with a horse. And I feel very physically comfortable and confident at almost anything other than ball sports because my of the work that I do in my body. And those are the things that I teach. I was about five years in. So it was the place where it's a natural break point where my commercial lease was expiring. But basically, it is some version of replicate the same business with more people, more space. But just turned out to be an element of business that was very difficult for me. Those hours that I gave to my staff were free. And those free hours were time that I was not doing my own marketing. I was not doing my own sales. I was not doing my own client management. And I was not doing my own client bill out. So when it came to pass, my revenue was dropping because I was trying to mentor my staff to grow their business because this is the model that I had been taught. Let's grow the business by hiring staff. And the harder I worked at this, the less successful it was. So when it came time to renew the lease, I literally was at a crossroads because I felt personally quite burned out. Mm -hmm. I have a child at home, but yeah. that time would have been five. So as you can appreciate, in my day job, I'm going to service clients and then I'm mentoring staff and then I come home to a whole other job and all that that entails. And the person who was lost in that entire process was me. So my health wasn't where it should be. Mm -hmm. What you're looking at on Instagram today isn't the kinds of photos that I would have posted five years ago because I put myself last. So the pivot moment was, I'm going to make it sound like I cry all the time, which I really, I really don't. But I had a moment where I vividly recall a friend coming over to my living room and me sitting here with her saying, I know why business owners close their business after five years statistically yeah. because the business owner quits. Yeah. And she patiently got out a piece of blue art paper that belonged to my son. And I will forever remember that blue paper. And I think it was a yellow marker. Again, it was part of my son's art and craft supply box and drew a line down the center and said, okay, if you close the business, what else can you do for a living? Mm -hmm. And we made a very short list. There was maybe three or four things on there. Mm -hmm. Then on the other side of the paper, if we keep the business open, what ideas do we have to generate revenue in a different way that we're not doing today? Mm -hmm. 
that side of the paper got filled with ideas. Today, I couldn't tell you if I executed a single one of those ideas. I don't even remember what was on the paper, but what is imprinted in my mind is that blue paper with the yellow writing where one side of the paper had so many ideas that it could have run onto the back side and the other side of the paper had almost none. And that was a moment where I recognized that being a business owner offered infinite possibilities. There was a million ways to generate revenue differently than what I was doing. I renewed my lease, not actually having a plan of which of those ideas I was going to actually execute. But here we are sitting a few years later and I no longer have staff or contractors working for me. I am branding myself in a much larger way where I'm speaking, I'm writing and getting paid to do that. I sell products. I am now a teacher trainer in one of the techniques that I was already working with clients. So that's another revenue source, etc. So I diversified within my own business and I stepped outside of my business's prescribed business model for how you scale and I made it work. And now that I've come through that, especially with the COVID close downs, mm -hmm. I was able to rely on some of those other techniques. That's amazing. I had actually also, this was extremely fortunate. One of the ideas was also to do some digital work. So a few years ago, I went through that whole transition that everybody did in March, 2020 of let's teach on video. Let's get comfortable with the camera. How do we sell this online? I did that for almost two years. And so there's so many ways that I'm so grateful for that moment that I was crying in my living room because it just showed me that even when it feels like the end or we want to quit, that there is still a page full of ways that we can change and we can scale. And now I think that my business is basically like a DJ deck where I can dial one piece of the business up, I can turn one down, and I, ha I literally have five different revenue streams that I can call on just depending on what's happening in the environment or my personal life or client desires. That's amazing. I appreciate you, Ms. Janice, for sharing your fail to win where you encountered your fail and ultimately turned out to be amazing for your business because now you are having that accountability to share you know for a fact that if a person is consistent that they are able to accomplish their goals and you ultimately embody that for a person to to see so i really appreciate that and just how important you have been um to other people and what you do i i love when i get to meet um someone who is a mother you know we're we're emotional creatures we are we have a lot of things that we think about so most of the time we do push ourselves to the back anyway and that's one of the things that me and sabrina were actually talking about this week was sometimes everything just kind of climbs on top of us and we end up having to need our support system is that turnaround that we need so what do you I think about a support system <laughs> i couldn't agree more and I actually want to touch on that because it is such an important topic. I think that we are living in a moment right now where I see all over Instagram how important self-care is. And it is. But it almost has become something where it's shameful to go to our community yeah. and to rely on others. 
there is self-care, self-love, self-this, self-that. And we're supposed to be these completely independent people before we seek help. I get clients who also feel like they have to be in certain physical condition before they come to me. I get clients who feel like they need to have their life completely squared away in order to start this process. And actually, the bigger mess somebody is, the better it is because they're seeking that support from the bottom. We cannot love ourselves into healing. We cannot love ourselves into peak physical condition. We cannot love ourselves into community. We have to get that at the same time. So it's not independent. We don't kind of achieve this level where we are worthy then of going to seek love or worthy of going to seek the practitioner. We should do that at the same time. And we actually inherently culturally know this because there are tons of stories from very successful adults who will link that success back to that teacher in grade four who saw that light in them, saw that spark in them, encouraged them, mentored them, etc. There's very few successful people who, are, who will say, I did this on myself. I loved myself into it. I just self-cared myself into it. That's why I'm such a success. So in my role, I end up being part of that community for people, especially because we touched on this a little bit. I'm not a quote unquote therapist. I'm a safe person to talk to. So in the course of the years that I've done this work, I've had people that have confided that their spouses have cheated on them, that they've been sexually assaulted, that they have cheated on their spouse, that they desperately want to leave their job or want to sell their business, or that they don't like their husband or that they don't like their wife or that they don't like their mother. And what I notice is that those things are always held in their body. So quite often, a person with sort of multiple of those stories that has never taken it to a therapist or even friends because they're ashamed will have the tightest, most constricted bodies that are in pain. So what we tend to do is process those emotions to the point where we can handle it and that we feel safe sharing it. And then the rest of it, we kind of stuff down into the body and then our joints are holding it, our muscles are holding it, and we end up just kind of walking around the little, little rocks. <laughs> so I often find in the course and the space of releasing that these stories just come out. And at this point, quite literally, I don't think there's a single topic that somebody over the years hasn't kind of touched on and shared and it often will come with, I've never really told anyone this, yeah. or this is the second time I've ever talked about it. Yeah. And I just think because of that, it's not that I'm not a proponent of self-care. Exercise is self-care. Healthy nutrition is self-care. Brushing your teeth is self-care. But I'm much more a proponent of community care. I actually wrote an article about that exact topic for Elephant Journal. And... I cannot state enough how much we need that community care. And it can come from people who aren't friends. In fact, that's what the word community means. It's that person who you walk by on the street who maybe you don't know their name. Quite often, people actually have an easier time confiding in strangers or people that they don't have that personal relationship with. Because 
I'm not going to say, oh, and then, and then what happened and get into kind of all of the nuanced drama. I'm going to support that person where they are and offer them healing for their body, that release for their mind and coaching for what they want to do as opposed to getting into all of that. I love that you talk about the community because I've been hitting on that a lot and everything that's going on would just steer you away from wanting to trust people at all. But it's so important to not only just our pride, but to our health. And I think when it comes to community, that's not even necessarily a super well understood concept these days, but we always used to have it. So community was multi-generational. So again, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily your friends. It's that person who's 20 years older than you that's been there. And then it's also that person 20 years younger than you that you can be like, hey, it's okay. I know what you're going through. Before this call, you said you had a one-year-old. My child's nine. I totally relate to what it is to have a one-year-old. That doesn't mean I know it all. It's just I can hold that differently than somebody who doesn't have kids or your friends. Yeah. So I think there's a ladder also when it comes to community because it has to be multi-generational from different viewpoints it doesn't have to be a friend it doesn't need to be somebody who's doing you a big favor and even having trust that there's tons of people out there who want to help I have lone parented my son since day one and at one point I was just underwater and I put a note out on Facebook I'm pretty tired here <laughs> can anybody help me and I was absolutely taken aback at the people that I either didn't know or barely knew who stepped forward and came and cleaned my kitchen, vacuumed my car, did this whole list of tasks that eventually added up to 60 hours of help to kind of shovel me out of this little pit that I could then take and run with. But in my head before that, I thought, well, I don't want to ask my friends. I don't want to be a burden. Or you start naming all the people that you know that can't help you and you just get focused on the wrong thing. But really, like I put a general call out and it would never, ever, ever, ever in a million years have been the people that I picked out. And some of them, that was the moment I found out they were raised by single parents. Or in one case, it was somebody who I had no idea actually had an adult child that she raised as a single parent and now had a second child, but I, I didn't know that she ever had a, a first child because she was an adult. And so she could put herself back in that circumstance. And at this point in her life, she has some resources to give. So I think we often underestimate what community is or who it could be, because it's rarely the people that we first think of. And the people we first think of are friends. The second people we think of is who can we pay? Let's pay yeah. a therapist. Let's pay coach. Whatever. <laughs> that relationship is always going to be different with either friends or somebody that you pay. How would you suggest to a person that they go out there and they ask for that help? Because you do see people who may vent on social media. Or if they're not on social media, they just still internalize it because I don't want to be on social media. I don't want to see all of that stuff. How would you approach it again nowadays with all the things that are going on, um, reaching out and saying, hey, I need, I need help, but I don't even know where to start. 
I'm going to give you a funny answer to that question. At one of the points when I felt that most acutely, my response to that was actually to go out and volunteer and to help someone else. And I yeah. learned that no matter what position I was in, I had resources and fortitude and strength within me that I didn't even know I had. And so I got involved with an organization that mentored young moms. So they were largely teenagers when they had their children. That was one of the best things that I have ever done in my life because I met a group of people and I could share with them things that I wish that I had known at the time when I was going through that moment with my child. And I felt quite acutely like I needed a lot of help and realized by giving, I was getting so much. And then it gave me the confidence to really narrow it down. I just was able to say, okay, the chaos of opening a business, having a small child means that the thing that I kind of set aside perhaps more than I should have is some of the stuff around my apartment. Maybe I didn't dust for like the last five years <laughs> or whatever. And just recognizing that there was one area that I needed help with. And I think that that's what it is. When you are specific with what you need help with, there will always be a ton of people who just ignore that request. But there's always going to be people who step forward and say, oh, actually, I like cleaning. I love dusting. There's nothing more satisfying. Or I have a shop back. That's something I can help out with and clean your car. So the more specific you can be mm -hmm. and the more you can actually hone in on, this is the one piece I just need that little leg up so that I can start running. It's like, the, you know, when you're learning to ride a bike. So if you can actually hone in yeah. on this is it. But I think that my first answer was go and help someone else and you'll realize how strong you are, how pulled together you are, how much you have to offer. And that's actually the first step, in my opinion, to getting help for yourself. Do you have any questions, Sabrina? I love that you um, mentioned going out helping somebody else because a lot of times once we pull ourselves up out of our situation and we help someone else with theirs we can get better clarity about our needs so i love that um just a quick little side story so yesterday um this rebecca reference so i live with seven people in my house i got my mom me my brother my kids my husband like it's a lot of us like i i, I like it that way like there's always somebody at home to get the amazon packages but anyway <laughs> Um, so my mom, um, when I got off work, she sent me to go to the, the grocery store to go get some dish detergent. And you know, we're women. We can't go to the store for one thing. I was like, well, while I'm here with no children and all this peace, let me go get everything else that I need, right? So I'm in the line and I'm waiting for my turn. And this lady in front of me, she had her beautiful, chunky baby in the car seat. He was quiet and serene. And she had rung up all her groceries and she was trying to swipe card and it did not go through. Like, for, I guess he didn't activate or something. I'm just sitting there chilling. Like, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm willing to wait, you know, do what you got to do. And the store people were like, well, we can hold your groceries for an hour. But after that, we got to put them back. And she was having a hard time trying to get everything together. And I said, ma'am, I'm going to just pay for your groceries. And she looked at the price. She's like, man, that's so much. And it kind of hit me in the feels because I'm just trying to just help her out or whatever. And she's telling me that's so much, which to me, I'm like, that's not much for groceries. But for someone else, it, it was, and it just kind of really just 
you know, floored me and really humbled me. And not saying I was like feeling like, ah, I'm bought, I got you, you know, but it was like, <laughs> sometimes, you know, just stop and realize like how blessed you are until you're helping someone up. She's like, but it's wicked, it's free. I'm like, exactly, use it for free somewhere else after you get everything straight. I'm like, it's not often that you get to go to the grocery store with a quiet baby and get everything you need to get. It really kind of made me feel like, <laughs> you know, like it's not so bad, you know, um, whenever you think that you're going through the world's worst thing, you help somebody else and it really keeps things in perspective and that gratitude factor just amazing piece of juiciness to have you know because once you're grateful you're not so full of yourself and you're able to empathize and sympathize with other people makes you more of a human being another thing that you mentioned miss janice was when people come to you they feel they have to be in optimal physical condition they got to be mm, top notch and that's not even the case um so you know jesus christ said come to me as you are like come to me i'll fix you so i'm like going to the hospital like you don't go when you're well you go when you're sick so you can get better and so you know that's one of the kind of cornerstones of the business that we have um intent to heal is that you know we want you to be going through some stuff so we can help you work through those things and we love connecting with other people that do that in some former capacity so i just i just live it janice i just live it i don't know if i'll ever do rolling i won't probably won't do that that rolling stuff but (laughs) i will how can we find you, Miss um, Janice? So my website, which is mybodycouture.com, which is three separate words, my, M-Y, body, B-O-D-Y, couture, C-O-U-T-U-R-E.com. So you can message me through my website. I'm also on the major social media platforms. I'm on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I think probably all of those these days have the direct message feature. So you can just send me a message on any of those platforms. And then if you want to look up some of my writing, it's on elephantjournal.com. Awesome. I love it. Well, it's nice to meet you, Ms. Janice. Thank you so much for your time. It was so nice chatting with you ladies.